We're heading out to Sunday school. I invite you to uh, open the scriptures, whether it's uh, in the Bible, in your pew, or your own Bible, which I really encourage. Um, or if you open it up on your tablet or phone, um, there's so many different ways we can open the word. It's always at our fingertips now. We're looking at Proverbs 22, verse 6. So Proverbs comes after Psalms as part of wisdom literature. We're only looking at one verse today, which is um, really unusual for me. So uh, I, I love stories, but this is all in the context of a story, the story of Solomon and many others who were, um, who were writing down wisdom uh, for, for the people. Uh, so that they may learn, you know, who God is and who God is calling us to be. So Proverbs 22, verse 6. Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can be here this morning. We can hear your word. We could hear a message from Mr. Terry on, uh, on learning and being sponges, being sponges that uh, we can learn all the things you're calling us to learn. And Lord, life is a long journey of learning. So Lord, may this time of worship, may this time of uh, singing praise, of talking to you, of listening to the word, may it shape us and form us more and more into who you're calling us to be. And Lord, I pray that the words which will be spoken now, Lord, may they be your words and not mine. Amen. That verse starts off with the word start in uh, the new NIV or the um, the most updated version of the NIV. Traditionally, it's been uh, translated as train a child. Uh, and, and the word means both. So don't get too kind of caught up in, uh, in that because it does lead us to the same place. Uh, Proverbs is a fascinating book. It's one of these books where it seems like it's just a mishmash of all these sayings of, uh, of a couple of verses kind of talk about one thing and then it kind of jumps to another and then to another and then to another topic and, and you kind of wonder how do you, how do you read this? And, and yet when you slow down and when you study the book, mostly written by Solomon and, and other great thinkers and leaders in Israel, there are a number of different themes that begin to kind of show themselves to you. And one, one of the main themes is, is what a wise way of living under the Lord looks like. And one of those themes is, is really focusing on raising and training, the, the, guiding the children and youth to walk in the way of the Lord. Wisdom literature, we read it sometimes and say, God says this, so we read it as promises. And Proverbs is part of wisdom literature. But wisdom literature is a little bit different than, say, the letters of Paul, or say even um, even a lot of the the teaching literature in in the Scripture, wisdom literature says that if you do something, normally this will be the result. 
And this is why even within Proverbs, people will say, oh, the Bible can't be true because it says opposite things. You know, in one place it says, be still and wait and be patient. And in another place it says, oh, hurry up and get it done quick. You know, take opportunities as soon as they come up. We read Proverbs to remind ourselves that life, life is complex and that in one situation it's wise to wait in another situation, it's wise to jump in quickly. And that's why when the scripture says, when the proverb says, train or start a child in the way they should go, and when they get older, they'll not depart from it, it's saying, invest in the children. You know, pour into them. And, and, and when they grow older, normally they will stay in the way of the Lord. And we'll get a little bit more into that a little bit a little bit later. It's not a promise or guarantee, but it's simple practical theology dealing with basic life and character issues. And Jesus emphasizes that same kind of practical teaching in his own, in his own, in his own practical theology and his own teaching as well. So the theme of raising your children to follow away, Lord, is the most important role of parents and community. And it's the whole community. It's not just parents. Because in Old Testament Israel and throughout Scripture, the entire community is responsible for raising the children and youth to know and follow the Lord, not just the parents. God shaped Israel to always think in terms of we, not in terms of me, which is why reading the Bible today is so hard for some people and we misread it so often. Because when the Bible says you, 98% 98% of the time is saying you plural, meaning everybody, not just me personally. And then we read these promises as me personally when it's for the whole people. And that includes a responsibility to raise the children to know the Lord. It's always a plural. It's always everybody is involved and that's why we've been working on developing and, and, and a meaningful and deep mentoring relationships and culture in our church where, where older members are investing in our younger members. And, and it's been so good to see our high school youth on Tuesday will be challenged to, to choose a mentor to walk with them through this upcoming year. And many of them will take the mentors from the year before, but some of our new students, you know, they'll look and they'll, they'll ask themselves, who do I want to walk with me in this year? Who do I respect and trust? And that's why I encourage you, if you are asked to be a mentor, you know, jump at it. It is one of the most blessed things to, to do. And it echoes Paul's charge to, to Titus to teach the older men and women to, to, to mentor younger men and women. And Peter, in 1 Peter 5, writes, shepherd the flock of God that's among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not dominating over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. It's all in that context of, of, being, of leaders being mentors to their flocks, leading them to follow Jesus in their whole lives. A Webster Dictionary defines mentoring as teaching or giving advice or guidance to someone, such as a less experienced person or child. Jesus mentored his disciples, 
And in the Great Commission found in Matthew 28, Jesus told his disciples to make disciples of all nations. And making disciples involves much more than giving people a set of rules to follow. It includes living with them. It includes helping them to grow in Jesus. And that's at the heart of what Proverbs 22, 6 is getting at. Solomon tells us to train children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, do not depart from it. Another translation, the one we read, is start to children on their journey or way. And that echoes Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. This is a picture of walking alongside our children and youth. Talking with them. You know, teaching them about the Lord and how following the Lord works out in our day-to-day lives. Teaching them how to recognize the presence of God and the Holy Spirit all around us. In Bethel, the the teaching of our children normally begins at home, often right after birth. And and I've noticed a a new trend, which is I think is fascinating, how how, how mothers and and fathers, even when the child is being formed in the womb, will often sing songs and, and even read stories to the child, you know, Believing that God is forming the child within them and, and that the child knows already in the womb what's going on outside the womb. Parents will often sing to their children while still babies, singing songs of, of Jesus. At really young ages, they begin reading their children's stories from, about God using children's Bibles. In Sunday school, the children begin learning more about Jesus, God, and and the Holy Spirit together with other children. And this continues on in different ways and treasure seekers, children in worship. And there's a new level starting this fall, and I always forget it. uh, Truth seekers. (laughs) Thank you. uh, It takes a while for it to soak in. And uh, and it's the same with our kids. It takes a while, so it needs repetition all the time. And then we have GEMS and cadets in our youth ministry to continue engaging our children at their age level and learning about Jesus and how to live as a follower of Jesus today. The prayer is that as the children learn together, they also experience the blessings and joy being part of the family of Bethel, knowing they belong, knowing that they are loved and accepted by Jesus, that the core of all our instruction is the knowledge that as a church we are here to support and encourage the faith instruction that happens in the home. We're all part of the family of God together, working together to raise our children and youth in the faith it would really be good from you who are parents of our, our children who are in our different ministries and, and that right now that, to hear from you, what do you need from us as a church, as a church family, to help raise your children? How we might walk alongside you in, in deeper and, and more meaningful ways as you train them up in, in their journey with, with Jesus. We've had this whole top-down way of doing things in the church for a long, long time. But it's actually supposed to be from the bottom up. 
And the role of us as leaders and as teachers and that is not to say we know best, but it's actually to learn from you as parents, as grandparents, as aunts and uncles and that. How can we help you as you train your children, as you train all our children in learning more about Jesus and who they're called to be? Matthew Henry, an older commentator, writes on the Deuteronomy passage, Train up a child according as he is capable, as some take it, and with a gentle hand, as nurses feed children little and often. A good reason for it, taken from the great advantage of this care and pains with children, when they grow up, when they grow old, it's to be hoped they'll not depart from it. Good impressions made upon them when, uh, then will abide upon them all their days. Ordinarily, the vessel retains the savor with which it was first seasoned. If you are cooks, you know that, you know, the spices and the flavorings you put on it, you know, the, the ones you put on first often are the ones that kind of carry the weight. Many indeed have departed from the good way in which they're trained up. Solomon himself did so. But early training may be a means of their recovering themselves, as it is supposed Solomon did. At least the parents will have the comfort of having done their duty and used the means. I appreciate how Matthew Henry recognizes that each child is unique. And to help each child or youth to get to know Jesus in ways that help them, that speak to them, that, that help them to, to learn, each in their own way, to understand and to believe. I also love how he offers that reassurance that if or when our children go their own way, that what they've learned and seen as children is often the way they come back to the Lord as well. I know many of you pray with tears for children and grandchildren to come back to the Lord. But we do trust in the perseverance of the saints. We do trust that, that when we bring our children to the Lord and, and we teach them, that the Lord doesn't let go of them, that the Lord will continue to work in their lives to lead them back. Because we live, in a comfort, we live with a faith of comfort in the Reformed faith. Reality is, though, is that our children and youth often learn more and better through example. How we live and follow Jesus usually has a bigger impact on them than sitting in a classroom learning. They watch us more closely than most of us realize. And how we live how we react to life around us, it's noticed by them, and that's what they imitate. Negatively, if you have a temper and show it regularly, if you're a critical person all the time and regularly criticize the church or leaders or governments or people around you, if you're proud and talk down to others, if you easily reject those whose opinions or beliefs are different than yours, if your lifestyle is centered on yourself and your wants, if you rigor wrestle with addictions, they will notice those things. 
And that will be part of shaping them. But on the other side, if you're kind and generous, if you're quick to forgive and offer grace, if you will take that extra step to serve someone, if you will be one who apologizes and acknowledges your own weaknesses and then strives to turn to the Lord to become more and more who God's shaping you to be, that too they will notice and that too they will imitate. And that doesn't matter whether you're their parent, whether you're a relative, a teacher, a church counselor, leader, family, friend, aunt or uncle. They notice, they watch, and they take their cues on how to live from how you live. Part of why Jesus came was to show us how we are to live. Much of his teaching focused on what it looks like to be his disciples, culminating with his, with giving his life on a cross, sacrificing so that our sins are forgiven and we're reconciled with our Heavenly Father. And Jesus calls for our response to be to repent and believe believe in Jesus, to believe in the Father. Imitating Jesus, as Paul reminds us, that that's what he does in his own life. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So how, how shall we raise our children? How shall we, how shall we help them to see the presence of God? Well, in our world today, we help them to recognize the presence of God by asking questions like, where have you come from and, and where are you going? We help them to tell the stories of their lives in order to see how the Holy Spirit is there with them all the moments of their lives. But that means we have to be aware of how God is working in their lives as well. We need to be observant, watching carefully, Walking alongside, as what Deuteronomy says. Remind our children that the Lord does come after us. He comes looking for us because he cares so much for us. The Holy Spirit works in our hearts to get us to seek God and Jesus. But it's always a good shepherd who begins our journey to him by first coming to find us. I love that parable of the good shepherd going out to find that lost sheep. But Jesus left heaven to come here, to come find us, to bring us home to the Father, to bring us to a place of safety, a place of plenty, a place where we're nourished and, and fed, a place where we can grow. Helping our children, our young people, and even ourselves to ask good questions is often more important than giving answers. I remember one person in a Bible study that I was leading said, you always ask questions. You never give me an answer when I ask a question. And that's because Jesus seldom gave answers. He would often answer a question by telling a story 
or asking another question. See, as soon as I give you an answer, you stop thinking and you stop reflecting. And you think, okay, I know enough right now, I'm fine. But we fail then to keep going deeper, to keep wrestling with what's even deeper below that answer. Questions set us off on journeys and adventures to see what God's doing, to look for where the Holy Spirit is working in the world around us and in our own lives and hearts. Andrew Root takes this an important step further. As we teach our children and youth to recognize the presence and work of the Holy Spirit in and around them, Root writes, sending our people out to recognize events of ministry, to hear God calling them not to something, but to someone at work, in their neighborhood, and so on, moves them into an open take in the imminent frame. In other words, it helps them see God. When we, when we help our children to see where God is, is at work, recognizing that God is about people, God has placed us here to be about people. First our children, but then helping our children to realize even they, even they need to be here about other people to help children their own age, youth their own age, to ask those questions, to learn to see where God's at as well is so important. Training our children to ask questions, be curious about the world around us is important to help them learn more about who God is and how he's present not only in their lives but in the world around us as well. I am finding a lot of pessimistic Christians around. A whole lot of Christians who believe that the world is done for and you know what, Jesus just come back because there ain't no hope no more. But that is not the message of the Bible and that is not the message of the Holy Spirit but that also means we've lost the ability to see God working around us. And we need to train our children to see God working around us in our community and then invite them to join us in serving uh, in the church and in our community, inviting them to try new things, to, to discover where the Holy Spirit is leading them. That's all important parts of our training our children to become engaged followers of Jesus. It has been so exciting this past year, watching a number of our, our young adults really stretching themselves to go serve in different countries, to study how God is at work in different cultures, and learning to share their faith through going deeper in the story of God and, and his people and into their own stories of, of how God has been shaping them and growing them and, and watching the, the, the number of our youth at, at the Athletes in Action soccer camp as they came out to volunteer and be assistant coaches and, and watching them have, have conversations with kids not that much younger with them about who Jesus is and, and watching a 13-year-old talk to somebody who's 8, 9, or 10 and that eight, nine, or ten-year-old is, is, is sharing something, you know, about what's going on in their lives. And, and this 12, 13-year-old youth is reassuring them that God loves them, that God cares for them, that God is there for them. I was so special. And then seeing the adult coaches and leaders, you know, investing in these young leaders, you got to get involved and see this stuff happening. 
it, it strengthened my own faith, never mind the faith of, of those who are volunteering. We have the privilege and the joy of training our children and youth in the knowledge and way of Jesus. And we're all involved. There is not a single one of us who's off the hook. So my prayer is that the Lord will bless us in the year ahead as we walk this journey together with our youth, with our children, with each other to learn more and more, to see how God's at work, to see more and more how he's leading us to help others to come to know him to help us to raise our children to love them as much as we do and even more. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for this challenge that runs through Scripture to invest in, to disciple, to train our children in who you are, to mentor them, to walk with them, to help them ask good questions, to help them see your presence that as the children learn, every square inch of the world belongs to you. So Lord, help us to help our children to know you better and to love you so much and to love their own friends so much that they want them to love you too. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.